Um, but I, I would say, like, we've, mo- we've mainly talked now about Ethan Hawke, but I would say every actor in this one hits it out of the park. Yeah. Haha, uh-huh, because they play baseball. <laughs> yeah, it's whatever. Um, uh, uh, the kid who plays Finney, um, the kid who plays the sister, which at first I was like, ah, uh, she's a little bit annoying. But then, you know, towards the middle of the movie, she really, when she kind of becomes more of the, the focus for a while, she, like, really gets into it. I think she's really good. And we also kind we we also kind of have a reason for her to be sort of annoying at points. Yeah, she's the little she's the little, little sister. Little sister. She believes... and as someone who grew up with a little sister, that can be <laughs> very annoying. <laughs> Welcome back to the Spoiler Cast, the show where we talk about movies and we don't care about spoiling them because it is the Spoiler Cast. Uh, my name is Tobias, and with me, as always, is my sister and trusted co-host uh, Rebecca. Hello. Hello. Today, we're talking about a movie, a brand new one. We're talking about uh, the, the Black, Black Phone. phone. <laughs> yes. Written and directed by. Scott Derrickson, no? Yes. 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 Uh, Based we also on, a, have... on a short story by Joe Hill, a.k.a. Stephen King's son. Which yes. is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> I can't understand why he doesn't want to use his real name. I, or maybe Joe Hill is his real name, you know. I think but... he, he... It is his official name now, but he changed it at one point. I, I, yeah. I read that somewhere. Because if you're if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna write uh, horror stories, you you uh, yeah you might not want to be associated with Stephen King. I mean, it, it'll, in a way, it'll just in be a nepotism. Way, <laughs> yeah, exactly. In a way, you want to, but in another way, you, you don't want to because yeah, it's gonna yeah nep- you're gonna be um uh accused of nepotism. Yeah. <laughs> But we should also it. mention that uh, screenplay is also by a C. Robert Cargill. Oh right, 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 right. So they had uh, he had some help. Yeah. Which I think but they've it... worked together before. Yes, I know. Ah, uh, yeah, on Sinister. Right, right. Um, and the the story is it's pretty simple. <clears throat> it takes yes. place in nineteen seventy eight, right? Nineteen seventy something, at yeah. least. Um, and a, a small community is, uh, is, uh, rocked by a series of, uh, kidnappings, uh, by some, by someone who, who, uh, they, they, they've, they, uh, they, they've named or nicknamed the Grabber, which by the way, it's a terrible name. Well, <laughs> grabber. he grabs kids. Yeah. Off the street, so. Yeah. Um, and we follow, we followed these two siblings called, uh, what are the names? Finney and Gwenny. I'm uh, Finn and Gwen, I suppose. Yeah, look, yeah. Or Gwendolyn. I don't know. Gwen. Pretty sure it's her. Uh, you know her nickname, Gwen. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Finny and Gwen. Yeah. <clears throat> and as we've all seen in the trailer, Finn gets kid. He he gets grabbed by the yes. grabber. Yeah. And he gets he gets put in this basement where there is a uh, phone, a black phone, that a is disconnected uh, s- black phone. Yeah, seemingly disconnected. But someone calls him. Someone keeps calling. Yeah. 
And that's the that's the setup from the trailer. Um, gotta say, like we will keep like we usually do when it's a new movie. We'll keep it vague in the beginning, and then we'll go full spoilers if we have to. But we'll we'll uh, we'll give you a spoiler warning here yes. at the spoiler cast, of course. Um, but just just off to, just to start off, like we usually do, what did you think of the movie? Um, I was initially I was kind of when we were watching it. I mean, I I was entertained, but at the same yeah. time, I felt like it's there's something missing. I couldn't really put my finger on it, though. Yeah. I I've been trying to figure it out now, because we, we watched the movie a couple of days ago now. Yeah. I still can't really yeah, it premiered, explain it. Pre- it premiered here in the, uh, on the 22nd, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so I think we saw it slightly before a lot of other countries, but we, we're not recording until today, Saturday I mean, the 25th. Technically... It was uh, released in 2021 on in festivals in America. Well, sure, yeah, but for general audiences, you know. Yeah, most countries had it in June 22nd. Yeah. Or 23rd. Anyway, sort of. um, um, something is something is off. Something is missing. It might be the fact that I'm still so over the 70s trope. I don't care yes. about movies being done in the 70s. <laughs> that was my that was my first. I mean, I knew it, t- it took place like. From the trailers, you knew it was like 70s or 80s something yeah. something. Um, but I didn't really think of that until we actually sat down and they started playing... Um, ah, shit, I don't remember the first song they were playing. But it was just like, oh, this is so 70s. I mean, it you also comes... You have the suburbs. Extra. They're all playing, you know, uh, uh, Little League Baseball. Rebecca got a, Rebecca's got to hate this, yeah. I'm thinking. <laughs> was the first thing I thought. <laughs> and again, um, like I said before, I, n- I understand why you put it in the 70s. It's close enough to be kind of creepy because, like, oh, my parents lived during that time. But it's also far enough to not be technologically advanced where cell phones can ruin, like, the trope or yeah. the, the setting. But it's, exactly. And it, it, it's, it's, been it's the time in when the director grew up, you know. Yes. That's why they keep doing this, you know. The, the, the 70s nostalgia is coming. Yeah, I mean we've already had seventies nostalgia. We've had eighties nostalgia. We're kind of into nineties nostalgia, but I'm glad we're going back to seventies nostalgia. I like the seventies. <laughs> it's my favorite uh, decade. The seventies or the fifties, I would say. Yeah, well, um, I'm kind of over it. It worked in this one though because it's not, even though it's very obvious with the clothing and the music choice. It's yeah. not so obvious with everything else around because it does take place mostly with Finney and his situation in the basement. Yes. So, it is I mean, pretty... you're not really influenced by all the other outside things. That, oh, of course he doesn't have a cell phone. He's in, He's been kidnapped. Like, right. Stuff it's like kind that of... doesn't... It's fine. It's kind of timeless. Yeah. It could... With a few adjustments, it could take place today. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, but, but I do, I do like it. I did appreciate it, because there are some some things in it that are fantastic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and there are a few things that are like meh, but you can kind of overlook them because they're not a lot, and most of them are probably just preference. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was also a little torn at first. Like I, or I know I loved it, but I also I I thought just like something, something feels a little off, or something's missing. Something, 
And I think I figured out, at least for me, it might not be the same for you, um, but what I think it is, uh, is that it's such a well-made movie, but the concept, like the, the premise of the movie, um, in the hands of a lesser director or and writer, this would have been a real C-grade trash, uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah. uh, slasher horror movie. It would have yeah, been a, a garbage dumpster fire. Because it's just, you know, ooh, creepy killer with a mask, killing children. Yeah, it's... it's uh, it, it, The premise is kind the... of something that a high school student would make for a movie project. Yeah, like the, 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 the concept is super basic. Yeah. And we've seen it a hundred times in terrible low-budget movies released on Amazon Prime, you know? <laughs> yeah. Sh- shot with a, with a cheap-ass camera, uh, with terrible actors, and it's just like, oh, we got a creepy mask, that means we got we got an entire movie on our hands. Like, no, you don't. Y- y- you're garbage. This, however, is done by Scott Derrickson, um, who, uh, y- you know, he doesn't have, like, a perfect track record, but he's a good director who has done yeah. quality work before. Specifically um, I mean, say in what you horror. Will about yeah, say what you will about um, uh, uh, Deliver Us From Evil and the kind of weird juxtaposition between uh, cop procedural and horror movie. It works. <laughs> <laughs> like, he knows what he's doing. Even yeah. even something... I mean, it's it's, a, it's similar to Sinister. Uh, too many... C, C, C. Um, Sinister is, like, in, in the hands of a lesser director, that would have been a, 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 a real B-tier movie. But he, you know, he handles it, you know, um, with skill and grace and makes that movie much more interesting than it should be, I think. Yeah, no, I don't remember much of it. I have seen Sinister, but it's been years. Yeah, it's been a while for me as well. Yeah, but I mean, it it, it came out in the in the in the in the wake of um, like Insidious and uh, yeah, The Conjuring, you know, when when ghost stories were becoming popular again. Um, I didn't watch it then, though. I watched it years later, but... Oh, yeah, I I saw it a couple of years later when it was out on, like, streaming, but it was out pretty early on streaming, so... Um, And it's just, you know, it's it's a jump-scare movie, but he, since he... I think he both wrote and directed that one. He added in, you know, real characters. You know, they felt interesting. There was an actual story. It was not just cheap thrills. Yeah. And it's the same here. This could, this, like I said, this could easily have been just a cheap jump scare movie, but he adds in all this character development. And, you know, he has good actors yes. um, portray the characters, which just makes it good. Yeah. I, I, I actually didn't write this down on Letterboxd yet um, because I wasn't sure how to formulate it because my, my first... My my initial thought was to like say like this is like a really really well made movie, but it's and and if and if the subject matter was more important, it would have been a masterpiece. <laughs> but that doesn't that's not really fair. But you know what I mean? No, like, yeah, no, I know. What it's you just mean. it's just a movie about a guy and a kid. There's, there's no like huge emotional revelations or anything. You, you know what I mean? Yes, there is. That's one of the things I kind of miss in this movie and considering it's only an hour 40 long which is first of all wonderful Uh but i actually think they could have added a few minutes to um develop 
certain characters slightly. <laughs> yes, I agree. I, the, as the much as they is supposed to be very mystical. Obviously, you don't. You're not supposed to know who he mysterious. is. Mysterious. Mysterious. Sorry, mysterious. Um, but I feel like we could have added like one more de- one detail about him that would make it more for us to kind of understand who he is more than for the people in the movie. Yeah. Because now we have literally no idea who he is or reasoning. Yeah, but I gotta, I gotta, uh, I, I see what you're saying. Um, but I, th- I think this movie is not about the grammar no, no, at all. It's not. It's literally all about Finny and well, yes. and his sister. Though I feel like Finny could have had certain details added too. We do really? get to know about his, his life and, and stuff, but we don't get to know him too much as a person because he doesn't react to things properly. Or enough, well, I suppose. Like, this isn't this isn't spoiling anything. When he first gets grabbed, when he wakes up and realizes, oh, I'm kidnapped. Uh, yeah. Sp- spoilers, he gets kidnapped. <laughs> oh, no, that from the trailer, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um... His initial reaction is very calm. Well, I mean, that makes sense. He freaks out when the phone rings, obviously, because that's even freakier. But he's still very calm throughout most of it. Yeah, but there is the point uh, where, you know, he he seems to be in shock. Because the grabber is there the first time he wakes up. And after that, he kind of, you know, he kind of, he's kind of in a fugue state until he, um, you know, he tries to escape, obviously. obviously. Once again, no spoilers here. Um, and there is that one point where he thinks he's actually going to get away. And then, you know, he he hits right, another yeah. wall, so to speak. And then he just completely breaks down. Like, I, I think he was kind of in shock. It was in a fugue state until, you know, he hit that next brick wall, so to speak, and it's just like, ah, I suppose. no, wait, it kind of sets in and he just completely breaks down. I guess um, I'm just so used to, normally in movies, you see the person who gets kidnapped or put in this this dangerous situation, they freak out the first thing they do. Yeah. But I, which, I don't know which one is more realistic, that's just what I'm used to. Yeah, but I, I also think that works better with his character, since, uh, um, when he talks to, which we find out later, yeah, a lot of, um, well, not a lot of, but some of his character development is given in, like, exposition dump towards the end. Yes. Um, uh, when he talks to uh, to one of his one of his friends at yes. school, but, you know, he talks over the phone, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't want to say too much. Um, and they kind of, because we've seen it, they, they've shown it, that he is kind of passive. He goes yes. through life without really getting involved, um, which makes sense with, with what's going on in his life. Like, yes. Um, because of his situation at home and, and in school, like he doesn't want to, he's kind of a wallflower. Yeah, he doesn't want to get in trouble, so he doesn't do anything, but that just makes other people want to maybe hunt mess him. With him more. Yeah, yeah, mess with him. Yeah, um, and it's also I was gonna say it's it's I think that's why the grabber picks him, but the grabber seemed to just take grab oh, any kid. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter is if they're timid or if people. they're violent. Or, yeah, he just grabs them. Well, he grabs boys. 
specifically. Well, sure, yeah, yeah. Which I guess has something to say about his character. Yeah, yeah. They don't specifically go into that detail, but I'm sure. That's no, I think it. it has to do with his past more. That he he is the him kidnapping boys has to do with his, um, his his kidnapping himself, I suppose, as yeah. a child to perhaps protect himself or punish himself for something he did. That's yeah. just my psychological evaluation from <laughs> completely not valid person from, here. <laughs> and, and from not a lot of detail in the movie. <laughs> yes. Well, well I did see, I saw like a four minute clip of um, Ethan Hawke talking about like behind the scenes stuff. Oh, okay. Just before yeah. this, I found this, I found it on YouTube. And he doesn't have a lot to go on in the script. There isn't no. a lot to say about his character either. So he's just, he kind of winged it. And he's like, well... A person who does this kind of stuff obviously have some sort have, of trauma. They have baggage, yeah. Yeah, they, they, the, the tormentor has usually previously been the tormented. Yeah. Somehow. If you, if you, if you want to crash course in, uh, in, in past trauma, in a, you know, forming, forming you as a kidnapper slash killer, check out the Silence of the Lambs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that's that's yeah. what he based it on, and I I can understand that that makes sense, so to speak. Oh yeah, definitely. even specific scenarios he put up in the the kidnapping is very specific, very specific, and could actually be a proper re like reacting of stuff he has actually gone through. Yeah. And I was just gonna say it was good you brought up uh, Ethan Hawke talking behind the scenes. Um, let's talk about Ethan Hawke. Oh talk yes, about Ethan Hawke. Um, we, I most recently saw him in, um, uh, the Moon Knight. He played the villain or the bad guy or whatever. I just saw the first episode. I, have, and it's, I haven't once, seen anything of that, so I uh, don't. That's fair. Um, <laughs> this is, this is just, you know, since it's the spoiler cast, we gotta shit a little bit on Disney and the MCU. Um, and Ethan Hawke, we both, I think we both like him as an actor. Oh yeah. He's yeah. great. He's great in everything he does, basically. Basically. Basically, yeah. But as the villain guy in the Moon Knight, he is so stiff. I mean, I'm sure that's maybe that's part of the character, but he's stiff. That's, that's probably it's more the uninterest- script. <laughs> yeah, it's an uninteresting character. And then he shows up in this, this little, like, what, I don't know, like $40 million movie uh, that came out of nowhere, basically. He has almost nothing to do in the movie since he's more of a presence than actually, you know, in the scenes. He's not and in that many also, scenes. Also, his face is always partially covered by a Co- stone mask, basically. Yeah. And he is so creepy. Oh, yes. So gross. Just the way, just the way he talks to Finney is so disgusting. Oh, yeah. Um, And the vo- his voice, I mean, everything... Ah, uh, Ethan Hawke is like a, he's like an acting treasure. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, is... I'm 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 so glad he uh he he keeps making movies and and hasn't. Uh, I mean I, I'm I'm sure he would like to be in bigger projects, you know, more than he is. But I'm so I glad mean, he does he have is, you know... uh, he has one completed uh, uh, project already. He has two in post production three. Three in post-production. He is filming one and one in pre-production, so he's working. He's oh, got sure, shit yeah. Going no, I mean, <laughs> I mean that he hasn't get he hasn't gotten ensnared by Disney or Marvel or you know any of the big companies like that. And he is, you know, 
he he has a chance to do movies like this instead. Oh yeah. I'm so happy about that. <laughs> Cuz he is he's great as the grabber. He's great as most things. As, but yeah, yes, like the grabber specifically things. is a character that it, it not that I would imagine it, but it does fit him very well. He gets to I guess explore his darker side. Yeah. Cuz he hasn't been a villain too much before. No, I think he mostly plays, you know, like the the protagonist the hero, sort of. I sort mean, of, in, yeah. Uh, he did say uh, in that... that training day? I guess he's more of an anti-hero, maybe, but, you know. He did say in that um, that behind-the-scenes clip I saw that he's he's turning... He's over 50 now. He's like, I'm ready to turn to the dark side, sort of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm excited to explore being a villain more. Yeah. I don't think he phrased it like that, but something that's like what that. He, yeah, that's, that's what he, what he meant. meant. Yeah. And specifically, yeah. though, with the grabber, he is acting... Mostly with, well, body language yeah. and voice acting. Voice acting, yeah. And yeah, sometimes yeah. eyes, obviously. Yeah. But much like, because we, we mentioned that, but I think it's a long time ago. We talked about it a lot, like, privately, so to speak, not on the podcast. When, um, oh my god, what's his name? The guy who plays Bane? Oh, Tom Hardy? Yes, Tom Hardy. When he played Bane, Yes. <laughs> we discussed his acting abilities that... Using only half his face, not yeah. even that, barely half his face, and just his voice, we made such an impact. Yes. This is the same level, if not better. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, this one has more. Tom Hardy has more to, to do with in that probably. movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but yeah, it's the same. It's the same style. Like he has to work with his voice and his eyes. He doesn't yeah. have his full face, so he has to exaggerate what he has to work with. Yeah, and it's the grabber does use great. more body language though than the yes. Bane does. Well, he's very physical. Bane is very physical. Yeah, physical in that sense. He's very fight. The grabber has is kind of theatrical. Yeah, sure. I in know his body movements. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I would say like we've, we've mainly talked now about Ethan Hawke, but I would say every actor in this one hits it out of the park. Yeah, because uh-huh, they play baseball. <laughs> yeah, it's whatever. Um, uh, uh, the kid who plays Finny, um, the kid who plays the sister, which at first I was like, ah, she's a little bit annoying. But then, you know, towards the middle of the movie, she really, when she kind of becomes more of the, the focus for a while, she like really gets into it. I think she's really good. And we also kind we we also kind of have a reason for her to be sort of annoying at points. Yeah, she's the little she's the little, little, sister. little sister. She believes... and as someone who grew up with a little sister, that can be very <laughs> annoying. <laughs> but I mean, she also has. Um, uh, we only know that their mother killed herself. Like that's not a big thing. Yeah. We that only men- that's only mentioned in passing. Yeah, it's a, just a small detail they mention, but it, it once again informs a lot of the characters. Yes, all, all three of that family nucleus. You know, it, it yeah, it explains all three of them. their characters more because yeah, Finny yeah. is perhaps a bit withdrawn and quiet because his mother is gone, yeah. and because of how his father treats them after that experience. Yeah, and she, I mean, kind of the same. She she reacts opposite though because of. Her personality in general, but then it's exaggerated by the fact that their mother is gone and their father is acting the way he does. Yes. So it it makes sense, sort of. 
But do, do you have their names? I, I didn't... Uh... Yes. Um, the, the boy playing Finney is Mason Thames, and the girl playing Gwen is Madeline McGraw. Madeline right. McGraw has actually done a few things before this. While Mason Thames her. hasn't done a lot. Yeah. I mean, she's well, had we... smaller roles, because she's not old. She is... What can she, be? she was born 15? in two thousand eight. Oh, so she's uh, 12, 14? Yeah, fourteen. Yeah, fourteen. But um, she's been technically she's been in in twenty seven things. Jesus. <laughs> oh, con- uh, including two um, completed in post production that hasn't premiered yet. Oh, okay. Um, Captain Tsunami's army. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um. We talked about that. Uh, that uh, Mason Mason Thames, Thames. He looks a lot like a young Ethan Hawke. Yes, but there there is no relationship, right? No Not relations. That I know of. No, I don't think so. No. Damn it! I was like, I mean, is this nepotism? Of... Did they hire his son? But no, it's not his son. <laughs> no, I don't think. Does he? Does Ethan Hawke have a son? I know he has a daughter. I, yeah, I I don't know actually. I'm just. There's I'm just, not I'm a just... lot of info on Mason Thames in general to be honest on his IMDb no. and he's only been in six things including a post-production that's not premiered yet yeah this yeah, was this his is... like first and proper big thing yeah uh, yeah it's his first movie um so but it didn't say introducing did it no it's usually it says introducing when it's the first movie credit you get maybe but, they uh, didn't wanna I don't know yeah I don't know Either way, he was great. Um, he was. And then, of course, uh, uh, the father, played by uh, uh, Jeremy Davies. Yes. Once again, didn't have a lot to do. Um, he, he, he And he's a terrible character. Like, personality-wise, the guy he's playing is horrible. But yeah. the few times we see him, we get... I mean, we get in the beginning, we have the... the I suppose overloving protective father that goes a bit too far with protecting yeah. his children, and then towards the end he does, he does accept things and change slightly. Yes. Um, so even like a terrible and almost non-important side character does have a, a character development. Which yeah. I like. Well, he he <laughs> is he is very important to uh, to inform the characters of Finny and. Um, Gwen. Uh, Gwen, right? Uh, on how they act and and, yes. and and why why their bond is so strong as as siblings. Yes. Um, without saying too much, but I guess you can you can you can guess what he's he's an abusive father. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. <figure. laughs> yeah. Um. And yeah, and I and I do like that he is not. Com- yeah, he's not completely two dimensional, even though. Um. We don't see too much of him. Like he's not just oh, I'm the evil father character who drinks beer and beats my children. Like as, yeah, because sometimes you as get terrible those as it sounds. There's a reason for it. <laughs> if yes. that makes any sense, you know. Um, and it will, there, there if is. If you watch the movie, <laughs> yeah. If you watch the movie, um, we're not. You know, we're not condoning beating children. Please, no, no, no. don't. For this story's um, sake, as it is just a story, it makes yeah, sense. Ex- exactly, it makes sense. That's a weird way to put it, but yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, once again, there, there, that might be where you know I would also prefer if we got a little more with him as a character. 
Yes. Um, because you At can least definitely you got more than what you normally do with a, that kind of character. Yeah, exactly, because he has more than just oh, I'm I'm angry and drunk and I beat my children. Like there's more there. Yeah, there it's not just there. that one or two scene where he's the bad father and then we don't see him again because exactly I don't know the cops saved him or something. Exactly. Um, and there's the whole there's the whole thing with you know. Uh, why why the mother is gone and and how yes. and how that has affected the children and him in different ways um it's it's interesting and that's that's uh, we should also mention that that like the first like at least 40 45 minutes if not more um all takes place before the ki- uh, Finney's kidnapping and it's all pretty much character building see um, i i did not like br- even think about how much time passed during certain moments because yeah, the, but there was the like... later half I suppose in the in the basement does take up so much room so you just that feels like that's the entire movie but yeah you're right there is a lot of character development before that yeah and that's once again why this felt more like a like a 70s movie it felt more like like a like a horror movie of a bygone era where it's not just oh we need a, we need a scary cold open and then we need some jump scares and then twenty minutes in he gets kidnapped and then it's gonna be uh you know it's gonna be hostile that where he situation. has to cut yeah. his arm off to get out you know no it's it's a it's a family drama it's a it's a you know it's a uh, like a not, no they're not in high school. No, yeah, no, they're in like. <laughs> well, they're in school, whatever they're it's in called school. in America. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like a it's like a family drama for a while, and yeah, well, then it turns like, into a horror movie. It's even like you get the community involved in everything. You see a lot of everyone else's reactions to things. Yeah, to and events. <laughs> do you know what it kind of reminds you of? No, a, a Stephen King book. <laughs> oh yeah, I was I was gonna get to that. I, yeah. You can definitely tell, not just by, like, general sense, even certain details are very, oh, you sure you're not Stephen King? <laughs> yeah, like, hey, hey, Joe Hill, you probably read a few of your dad's books, right? <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of, you know... You guys um, discuss theories <laughs> and plots? Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of it in there, because of all the, the, the... Uh, yes. The character development for the children and everything. There's even one specific shot that is straight out of it. It's oh, just yeah? a few seconds, and it's in, uh, I think it's like flashback or a dream sequence or something. Um, when the grabber just stands in a front yard holding a bunch of balloons. Oh right, yeah, that's very reminiscent of the the modern it movies. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um. I think they even like zoomed in almost exactly the same, and then he starts laughing. <laughs> yeah. It's I I I'm not entirely sure, but it feels like it's shot for shot exactly the same, <laughs> just different characters. Also, though, I want to add that I don't think this is like uh, a Stephen King ripoff or anything. I'm just no. saying that it's 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 similar, and you can definitely feel influence from Stephen King, and that makes that makes sense. Like. I think most modern horror writers um, take inspiration from Stephen King, since he is, I won't say the best, but he's the most prolific writer of our time, probably. <laughs> yeah, I was he's trying a to lot of find... Books, so, and most people have read his books, so... I was trying to find when um, the Black Phone was published. Ah, I think I found it now, actually. Yeah. It was published in two thousand four. 
So it's almost oh, it's... almost 20 years old by now. Really? Yeah, originally published as or in the third alternative number 39 in 2004. Cuz I think okay. this is one of the his um short story um compilations, that's not the word. Uh um you know what I mean, uh, though. Like, like collections, yeah. Collections, thank you. Because yeah. he has done a few of those. Yeah, I know as he's written a lot of short stories. Yeah. I've and only he... read um, the only Joe Hill stuff I've read are the two books he like got famous for. Uh, what's it called? The Heart Shaped Box and uh, Horns. Horns. Yeah. Horns. Yeah, I've read Horns. I like that. He... Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love. I love both books. Um, I haven't read Heart Shaped Box yet. Once again, there's a lot of you know Stephen King influence there, but like I said, of course, makes sense. yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of a lot of people post Stephen King that are writers now will be influenced by him because he has literally taken over the genre of horror writing. Yeah, exactly. You can't not be in- influenced by it. <laughs> yeah, and then when you, when Stephen King is literally your dad, yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna be influenced. Um, whoa, his his full name is Joseph Hillström King. He is it because he married Swedish mother? Oh, maybe his he took his wife's second or last name as well. I, I'm not entirely sure. No, his spouse. His first spouse was Leonora King. What? What? Personal life. Well, she he probably ma- took his name. Oh yeah, because he has <laughs> King. He He's married just, a woman with the same last name. His pen name is Joe Hill. <laughs> right, based on Hillström. Yeah. Where did Hillström come from? That's yeah, like maybe it's his mother. mother. I don't know. His mother is uh, Tabitha King. Maybe she was called Hillström at first. Yeah. Uh, nope. Her maiden name was Spruce. Where the fuck did we... Where does Hillstrom come from? <laughs> we'll have to look that up, because that's... Yeah, 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 That's weird. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about that quickly before we go into some details here, because we've, we've hit the 30-minute mark. Yes, I'm, um, I'm itching to talk about certain details. Yes. But I, I just want to say that before we, before we like, give our, our spoiler-free rating... Why? Why I feel like some details might be left out, and why I think the middle of the movie feels a little dragged out, is because it's based on a short story. Yes, they probably yeah. had to add some fodder to kind of stretch it out. Yeah, or um, even make certain happenings just much longer to make the movie a plausible length. Yeah, and 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 I can see why all the characters have very clear, like motivations and personalities, because you know it's a story told in a lot less time than like a full novel. Yeah, um, which which in some cases makes it you know better for us for a movie script, but yeah, then you have to pad out some of the stuff, and it can feel a little like yeah, on the nose. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, there's a little bit of that in this, but not to where it become, you know, where it becomes bad. But like you said, you thought there was something, that little, little detail, something missing. And I think yes. that might be it. Yeah, because some characters and some, some things just kind of, it happens so fast that you're like, yeah, sure, it happened. We know that, but there should be more to it. 
Exactly. And I think that's them. Some of the the side characters and their plots and their their, um, point in the movie could have been slightly fleshed out. Yeah, and they they really only exist to to inform Finney's character towards the end. Yeah. Yeah. We do have two of the characters being introduced slightly more. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, But it's such a tiny detail that they just add that detail later on to make you go, oh, it is that person. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know, they could have added a few, like a minute more of, I don't know, the baseball game in the beginning, even though that's a stupid thing to add to, but... No, I think that I think that one. No, I think the baseball game and the introduction of the Bruce character, I think that's a perfect example of of how like the visual storytelling worked. Yeah, I guess. And how the how the yeah how the script works. I think at least. Um, if anything, I, I think the the character I don't remember the name the 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 kid the the, the heavy metal kid. The bandana we, kid. We, no, no, the heavy metal kid. Um, who says you're gonna fucking die? Today's your day, motherfucker. Oh, right. The yeah. Oh, the scary one. Uh, yeah, we only really see it in a flashback. Yeah, I think that something was like Vance. that. Yeah. Um, that's maybe where we would have needed some information before he's introduced, or you know, earlier yeah. in the movie. But yeah. Once again, that's the short story influence there. Yes. Yeah, but I would say overall. It's an ex- extremely well-made movie, um, especially for you know a subject matter like this, like we said in the beginning, that could have been just you know a C-grade trash fire like jump scare movie. Yeah, uh, we actually get a real movie with real characters, and that's genuinely scary. Yes, uh, to to point out the scary. Not only did I actually jump at the two jump scares that are in the movie, because there are only two, technically. Yeah. There was, at a couple of points, I was almost holding my breath, because I'm like, there's something, something's going to happen, something's going to happen. I just, um, I'm I not looked ready over to you, and you were you were literally covering your eyes, so it was obviously scary. No, I was scary. covering my mouth, because I didn't want to... We were in a smaller uh, theater, I didn't want to make noises, because <laughs> I didn't <laughs> do it at one of the sca- jump scares. Like, okay, shut up. Yeah. Yeah, so so it the 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 atmosphere is definitely it is a horror movie and it's oh yeah it's not like we said we've recently had more of the the uh, popcorn jump scare movies yeah even though they've been good and 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 have had like proper plots and stuff this the sure. horror has always been more at least in my opinion more of the popcorn jump scares yeah style more, more... this is more of a Oh, you feel it in your chest. Something's gonna happen, and it's it's just oh, it's not good. <laughs> like yeah, it's I, actually <laughs> freaking you out, sort of. I don't know if this is a good comparison, but it's more, um, it's more The Shining than The Conjuring. Yes, that yeah. yes, that, the Conjuring, that is actually pretty. You know, good. The Conjuring is well written. That's that's a jump scare movie. You know. Yes, because all the scares yeah. are more or less jumpy. Yeah, exactly. So. That's uh, I think that's it for the for for our spoiler free mo- mostly spoiler free section. So if you haven't watched the movie and you don't want anything spoiled, beware. Or from here on out, we will talk details. There thank will you be... for listening, I suppose. <laughs> oh yes, exactly. Thank you for listening. Click um, off if... and come back later. 
Yes. What? What? Yeah. Once again, we both highly recommend it. I oh, think. Oh yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. I so, fully agree with the meta score. For example, it's a sixty-five. Yeah. That, oh yeah. It can I even, even be slightly higher. So. I'm. Yeah. I would might even go higher than that. Um, but yeah, check it out. And then if you want to come back and listen to the second half of this episode. Um, but for now, spoilers. Beware. Spoilers. 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 You have been warned. I you have been warned. Three, two, like- one. Spoilers. I would like to point out the one big thing that is like that he, Joe Hill just stole from his father. Oh yeah, <laughs> which is okay. the the ability, the shining of oh, Gwen sure. <laughs> and her, yes. well, their mother, obviously. Yes, let's talk about um, the the uh, the supernatural aspect of this yes. movie. It is straight up stolen from from Stephen King's universe, where he has his characters have this magical ability they call the Shining. It's very Shining esque. Yes. Um, and I, I um, also we we talked a lot about before we watched the movie. We we had seen the trailers. We'd seen the trailers a long time ago. Yes. Like we said, I think this movie was delayed. It feels like. Um, it was filmed during the pandemic. I can tell you that much. Based yeah. on the the back behind the scenes footage, yeah, um, and I I think in the trailer they really wanted to they really wanted to focus on the supernatural aspect, like the black phone, like ooh, how can he speak to the dead children? What is up? What what's the deal with the phone? In the movie, the phone is not that important. No, it's I just mean, an object to move things forward. Yes, the phone is really just, it symbolizes his, um, you know, his... uh, It's how uh, he connects to his spirituality, I suppose, suppose. or his ability, I guess. Not even that, I I think it's more just, you know, a a, a physical manifestation in the movie um, of his, uh, uh, what the fuck is it called, I want to say inner but it's not inner his um um his his emotions his memories yeah i suppose cuz cuz all it really does is is uh sh- show us like glimpses of his past you know where he watched uh vance basically kill a child over a, a pinball game um <laughs> yeah. and we get some more information about robin his friend um yes and uh we it's a way for him to like flashback to the first couple of kids, the uh, the paper boy who got snatched or grabbed, and Bruce, of course. Um, but all the children then um, are really just aspects of his personality. Like you got a killer arm, you know. Bruce talks about because they play yeah. baseball together, um, and he he uses his killer arm later. Um, and the same thing when he talks to Robin. It's it's because um, we the, what little interaction we get between them, mainly in uh, the the school bathroom, is that you know Robin likes him for for who he is, um, but he also like acknowledges that he's too he's too timid, he is too weak. You know, he, he needs, needs to, stand to stand up, up for himself. Stand literally. up for himself, and that's what he does in the end, because he talks to the ghost of Robin. But it's not really talking to the ghost of Robin. He is just. It's just, remembering Robin, yeah. Robin, remembering what he taught him when he was alive. Yeah, I didn't actually in a in a horror movie way, you know. I didn't think of it that way. For oh, me, okay, it was yeah. the 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 
mystical thing that he's actually talking to dead people. But no, it makes sense what you're saying. He's not, he's just <coughs> using them as parts of himself. Well, to yeah. realize parts of himself. Yeah, he he's using you know, <coughs> what he's learned through life and actually applying it to the situation. Yeah, them telling him what to do and where they hid stuff is just, if you think about it, you it reacted makes... to that thing, just try it. It's not going to hurt you. <laughs> yeah. The only the only detail, you know, where where uh, I guess that logic kind of breaks is when he literally gets the combination to the lock on the on the door, on the screen door. Yeah. Um but that could have been mean, he I mean, could have it... seen that and just gone, I need to remember these numbers. Why else would Ex- someone bro- write them down? Exactly, because children had tried to escape before. Uh uh, the grabber talks about that, that some of the children were more naughty than the other. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 for, and it makes sense in the trailer that they really play up the, the supernatural aspect. Of course. Because that's, ooh, that's horror movie stuff, you know, what is the black phone? That sells. Even, and I mean, the big thing, which, which kept us talking about the movie before we, before we saw it, was the whole... Specifically the scene where the grabber is down in the basement and he screams, Hang up the phone! Yeah. Like, and we were like, why is the phone there if he's so scared of it? We discussed it. Why does he just take it away? Yeah. But in the movie, that scene is not in the movie. Oh, no, that's true. I mean, he does he, tell him, like, why are you talking on the phone? It doesn't yeah. work. But to the grabber, it's just a phone. Because in reality, it's just a phone. Yeah. But for Finn, it's... um. It's a way to to uh, to um, uh, handle the situation. Why? Why? Which you know? Again, why I don't think he freaks out immediately is because it's sort of like a comforter for him. You know, if, if yeah. that makes any sense. Like he can. It's some way for him to kind of disassociate. If I'm going to be armchair psychologist here, <laughs> um, I already started, so it's fine. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um. But it's you know also what? a way for us to to get more character development, even though he's just stuck in one room talking to himself. Yeah. You know what? Like, in, in real life now, like, me personally, if I get yeah. stuck at a um, at work with something I have to do and I don't know how to solve it, I call my colleague and we, in Swedish, we call it uh, bollplank. You yeah. call someone yeah. to discuss the subject. You just say it out loud. They don't even have to come with a su- suggestion. It's yeah. just you saying it out loud helps. I guess this is what he does. Yeah, he I mean, calls he a friend just, you know, just to talk about it, which makes him realize, oh, this is what I have to do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, I've been in similar situations where you're basically not you're not even talking to yourself. You're just mumbling. You're you're like thinking out loud, and that's basically yeah, what he's basically. Doing with the phone. But you yeah. know, the phone is a is a it helps. It it's I don't know. It's a crutch, sort of. Ex- exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it helps. Um, but then, of course, there is the other. Uh, sort of supernatural aspect where um Gwen she she dreams about the children who are kidnapped sometimes and, my dreams come true yes and she, and she has actually dreamt about details that were never given to the public by the by the cops the, the black balloons yeah specifically <laughs> um and yeah that is never explored because once again it's not what the movie's about no. but also it feels like it's just like, oh, we're not going to discuss the fact that she dreams about reality and can see the future? Okay. Which is where the shining bit feels extra prevalent. Yes. 
because they say that your mother had it, which drove her mad eventually because she yeah, didn't, didn't understand she it. Herself. Yeah, she no. didn't understand it. She couldn't. People didn't understand her, and they didn't believe her. So obviously, it drove her mad, and she killed herself. Yeah, and to them, then it just looked like she was schizophrenic. Yes, but since Gwen has the same things, and it actually—I mean, she literally she finds the house. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's two houses, but she finds one of the houses. Yeah, which is the one she's seen in her dreams. She sees the one where they're buried, because I suppose that's more of... Because she has a connection to the dead, not the living. Yes, exactly. She she dreams of her brother, but she sees the house where the dead children are. Yeah, And that's why she sees the dead children when she's out biking. Yeah, and I mean, Finny also talks to the dead children. Yeah, they have a connection to the dead, which, you know... uh, just you know, to draw quick, quick connections there again. They have a connection to the dead because their mother recently. She they talk about like it happened. I don't know if they say specifically, but I got the feeling it was like three years ago. When yeah, they were tops. still. They were old enough to like remember understand it. it yeah, but they remember it. Yeah, you know, but they're still young enough, you know, to be children to to react to it like children would. You know. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't affect them completely because as an adult you would probably be like their father, become a drunk and yeah, because abusive. you've known your mother for much longer. They'd only known her for like. Eight ten years and you know, yeah. children. Children have a habit of of uh, children uh, heal faster. Old. Yeah, they heal faster. Exactly. Um, as horrible as that sounds, you, should, you, should, I, you, should, you shouldn't heal from your mother killing herself when you were a child. But you know what? You know what? It's what, also what good that you do because you need to be able to move on with your life. <laughs> exactly, which the father cannot. No, specifically, he he has a grudge with Gwen because of it because she reminds him so much of their mother. Yeah, and he does, and you know, when when um, when he finds out that the police have talked, because the the police are very like um, understanding. They're like they're like, oh, so you had supernatural dreams about the house and the murderer. How about you help us in our investigation, little twelve-year-old well, girl? <laughs> I mean, she had told a friend or something. That yeah, the sister, the sister of Bruce, the first kid who gets. Yeah, in I the movie. dreamt about him, and I dreamt about the black balloons. Yeah. Something, something, and then you know the friend told someone, and they called the police, and like, yeah, I how guess did you qu- know about the black balloons? Yeah, I guess they're questioning her first and foremost because they're thinking she might be involved. Yes, but or then she they realize was no, there she actually dreamt about it. Okay, and we in that scene also see that she's very defensive, like when oh, it comes yes. to talk about her ability because she doesn't want to talk about it. Because her father been, has told her, you know. Yeah, she's been conditioned to not talk about it, to not acknowledge the magical ability she has. Exactly. Because then when he finds out that the, the cops talked to her and she talked about her dreams and, you know, how they become reality, that's when we get the, 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 the child-beating scene. scene. The belt scene, yeah. Um, which is very, uh, very disturbing. Because it, yes. it was very long... Um, Luckily, it was... they were that that area where the, the the hitting actually happened was hidden below the counter counter, yes, so we didn't it, see that. It wasn't but, like visually explicit. Yeah, we. But I don't think enough. we actually see him hit her, but we hear it. Obviously, we see her reaction to it. We see, we see his re- reaction to it. Yeah, and it, and it goes on for a while. And, yeah, uh, yeah. It really and once again, it it perfectly cements. Um, you know, a hatred for the for the for the father character, but you know, then before that and after that, 
you, in a weird way, understand him. You know. Oh, yes. No, I completely understand You're... why he does that. He is so afraid that Gwen is going to turn out just like her mother and kill herself. Yeah, exactly. Which is, you know, we're not excusing his behavior, but no, 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 I God understand no. his behavior. Yes. Yeah. In, the, uh, in the setting and everything, it makes sense. We understand it. But yeah, we do not. It's not a good thing. Condone it at no, all. At all. <laughs> You shouldn't, you shouldn't also, beat anyone, but you definitely shouldn't beat children. Yes. No. It also, though, it hammers home her character as well, because she has, in one scene at least, she is physically defending her brother. Yes. In a fight. Yes. Um, because, because well, once again, he, he is more passive and she is more, uh, you know, Out, forwards. Yeah, forwards. Out, That's the word. Out, outgoing, yeah. Um, She's we, also, I, I guess, supposed more used to the, the physical violence because she is the one who of, often gets it more than Finney. He probably doesn't get it because he's, he's just quiet. He doesn't make his father upset in the same way. Exactly. I got that feeling, too, that, that because of her personality <laughs> and because of her dream stuff, she's the one who probably gets beat more than, than yeah. Finney does. Yeah. Which is also why every Friday she decides to sleep at her friend's. Yeah, and, and... Because he drinks the, more on Fridays, probably, and she's just gonna be... He's gonna get mad at her for no reason, probably. Yeah. So, Finny it's, takes uh, care of their dad. Yeah. Yeah, and it's... Uh, it's all those little details that makes this movie... Um, to make it stand... Makes it... Make, yes? Makes it stand <laughs> out from... From, uh, you know, other movies. Like, like Yes. Like... Like we said, this could easily have been a cheapo, you know, gar- garbage B-grade horror movie. This could have been like uh, another like Saw rip, not not specifically Saw, but you know what I mean, like oh, a yeah. murderer who keeps children in a basement. You know, it could have just been like a nasty exploitative movie, but it isn't. It it's also a movie could have been just something. <clears throat> it could have just been like ten minutes of uh, this is Finny, this is his family, and now he's grabbed. Yeah, exactly. We get so much more. We get even... I just realized this now that we're talking about the dad. He is very complex. The fact that he realizes during that Friday afternoon when when Gwen is at her friends. I mean, it takes a few hours, sure. But he does call and he's like, your brother hasn't come home yet. He cares. He's not just blind drunk already. No, yeah, yeah. He he cares about his children. He's just expressing it in a a bad way. In a very bad way. Yeah. Because yeah. he obviously doesn't know how to control his own emotions yet, but he is very aware of the fact that shit, my kid has. I know where Gwen is. I know she goes away on Fridays. Yeah. I don't know where my other kid is. I don't know where Finny is. Yeah. And he reacts instead of like in other movies. Probably he would have been too drunk. He would have fallen asleep and maybe react in the morning. Yeah, and, and yeah, Gwen comes home and like, where's Finny, Daddy? Exactly. Yeah. And he's you like, know. what do you mean? But no. Well, I don't care. Stupid. He kid. does care. No. no. He and cares. it's proven later as well when when Gwen <clears throat> she's like daddy I need to talk to you and you can you have to promise to not get mad. Yeah. And she tells him the fact that she has had a dream that she thinks can help find Finny and he's like fine. You know what? Yes. I will uh, what's it called? I will I will do it this time. I will <coughs> indulge you. Huh? Yeah, indulge indulge you, right? Uh, sh- yeah, sure. Yeah. And they actually go out and they they drive around to see if she can find what she dreamt of. Yeah, and that's why the very last scene in the movie is him saying, "I'm sorry, I'm so sorry." I'm yeah, sorry. which once again, there, <clears throat> you might wonder, 
want would want to have a little more interaction between him and the children. Um, and especially in the end, because it, it literally ends with just him them looking at him and he's him saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, but that's just... that feels a little, a, just a smidge shortchanged. But it works. It definitely works. It's the once beginning again, of him um, changing his way. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, if, if he had already started too much... I don't know if it had the same impact. This is the 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 moment he's like, "Oh shit, I really need to to make my amends. I need to start being a better father for my children. I need to listen to my children because they're actually telling me important things." Yeah. Or the truth, yeah. I suppose. <clears throat> which which once again goes back to that that it's not just a 70s nostalgia movie because it takes place in the 70s. It is it is written like a seventies horror movie, like Don't Look yeah. Now or The Exorcist, where like the characters are important and this is a movie about a broken family. Yeah. Um it's not just it, it's not just, oh, ditzy college kids going to get murdered in a cabin. No, it's about no. <laughs> characters. It's about something. Yeah. Um I I think um we talked about that when we talked about um uh uh, Ghostland and Martyrs a oh, while yeah. back. Check out our episode. Um, and we, we talked about Mark Kermode's uh, review of Martyrs back in 2009. And he said that for all the horrific stuff, all the disgusting like violence and torture and, and inhuman behavior in that movie, it's fine because it's about something. It's not yes. just about violence. It's, it's not just not about just... beating a woman and skinning her. Exactly. It's, it's not just violence something. for violence's sake. It's yeah. actually po- pointing towards something. It's moving it has towards substance. a point. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where this movie stands out from from a lot of modern horror movies. Like, but we we talked about this. Modern horror has definitely, <clears throat> uh, to me, a little bit elevated. <laughs> sure. Yeah, we don't use that word, but still, elevated <laughs> we horror. Do a lot, but you to mean, be honest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what like this, it. Yeah, I mean, because this is more in line with movies like Hereditary or um, I don't know what what's the latest A twenty four horror movie. I don't even remember. They make so many. <laughs> but I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to think of ones we've seen recently. I was like, what Lamb? <laughs> Yeah, Lamb is not a nah, bad, or it's not count. a good example though, because that was not a great movie. But you know, no. yeah, you know what I mean. It's uh, yes, it's it's part of this wave of new quality, X. like indie or smaller budgeted mo- horror movies. Yeah, like X is a good example. Exactly, X. Yes, X is a perfect example. I actually thought about X because that's also very much, um, you know, a a seventies nostalgia kind of movie. Yes. Um, but it, but the, it has... more specifically, yeah, in, influenced by 70s horror. Well, I think this is more influenced by 70s cinema. Yes, just adding horror to it. Exactly. Compared to other horror movies you talked about this year, Scream, what number were we on? Five? Five, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, where I really like that it's movie. A, sure, yeah. but it's it's a modern movie where, um, you know, we, we get that horrible, um, uh, well, no, what was the word? Hmm? It was know. a sequel in a way, but it was also a oh, a legacy sequel. Yes. Yeah. We have two. There's two different kinds of horror these days. You have the modern kind, where it's the legacy 
sequel or yeah. whatever. And you have the the 70s trope which can which can be more of an original but it, they bring it back to the 70s to kind of have that more originality because they're not based on anything that's <laughs> happening right now or things that we've already seen a hundred times. They're not banking yeah. on names. They're just doing something original, more or less. Yeah, they're actually trying to make a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've only talked about, like, one character in this movie now. We talked about the father, which is... He's... Sure, he's a big character. Well, yeah, he's we not talked the main. About, we talked about the grabber. We talked about Finn. Um, yeah, yeah, but the, yeah. We didn't talk much it, about Gwen, though. Well, let's talk about Gwen. <laughs> what do you want to say? That's the thing, though. I can't really think of anything to t- talk about with her. She's... I guess it's because she's the youngest one. Yeah. She's well, just we, a we, child, to be honest. <clears throat> which, I mean, she's trying to... There's one aspect of her that I kind of like. And I hate at the same time. The whole <laughs> thing that she doesn't understand her dreams. She doesn't understand where it comes from. So she's talking to Jesus about it. Yeah, well, that that I think that makes perfect sense for, it does, for a, but for I a hate young it. child. <laughs> why, why do you hate it? What do you mean? I don't know. I don't like the fact that she she believes that Jesus could be the one giving her these things. It's like, but she's also questioning it at one point because why do you show me this stuff if you're not gonna help me? Yeah, and then she maybe Jesus doesn't even exist. Exactly. But then she has a dream, literally telling her where Finny is, and she's like, "I'm sorry, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you so much." <laughs> which once again, uh. Uh, which is a wonderful implementation of comedy in a very, very dark movie. Oh, yes. Um, once again, that's not just a 70s trope. That's just a trope of good writing where you can actually write... You could write you levity need... into a dark yes. movie. Yeah. Um, but it's also more, way. Yeah, but it's also more indicative of the 70s, you know, uh, wave of, of, of uh, cinema. Um, I, I love that aspect. And I love the fact that they didn't shy away from... Yeah, like, more people... I don't know if specifically because there's more people in America now, but I think more people were openly <laughs> Christian and religious back then. It, it, you know, it it wasn't as you know, atheism wasn't as big as it is nowadays. And you know, so it's 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 fine that your character's Christian because sometimes. It- that could that could almost be like written like oh she ah oh, she's just a dumb kid she believes in yeah. God. But no, it's just a way to inform us about her character. Of course, yeah. she believe in Jesus. She was probably told. Uh, you know, they go to church. Her mother probably talked a lot about Jesus because she was crazy. Yeah. You know, it makes sense that she would believe in God and, and uh, believe in Jesus. Um, it is it is a common way to, um, when you have sort of these otherworldly experience, experiences, yeah. you explain it by going, well, it's probably <clears throat> God. Like, what else could do this to me? Exactly. So um, um, That scene, though, where she goes, thank you, Jesus, so much, or whatever... Well. That scene is two things in it. I think are very Stephen King. Oh yeah, the yellow raincoat in the rain Sh- yeah. thing. Yeah, that, that is was, once again very it. it. Yeah, very <laughs> it. Also, I feel like the th- the fact that she um runs into this the 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 boys the dead boys. I f- yeah, I that's also from something, but I can't what? really well, think of which one it is. 
Um, I I'd say that's a Scott Derrickson thing. He likes you know to well, have maybe that's what I'm thinking cre- of, yeah. creepy children stand standing in a row. That's that's a lot of lot of the sinister movies. I know he only made the first one, but I think he was involved in the second, like a producer or something. something. There's a lot of you know children in in creepy dead people makeup standing in the rain or standing in an attic. You know he likes he likes that visual. It feels like yeah, maybe that was what I was thinking of. Yeah, um, he or does just have in one- general. There's think... one more detail that he's straight up taken from his own works. The the kid who's in floating in air, bent over backwards and like broken. Uh, yeah. They do the same thing in Sinister. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah, think he's, if it's like ass cut up, but I remember the same, basically the same position. Yeah. Just floating in air, being creepy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, we haven't actually talked. We talked a lot about Sinister. I think it's because it's more akin to this movie but he actually of course made one of my favorite modern horror movies uh the exorcism of emily rose i love that movie so much and i think we've yeah. said that before oh yes we have we have uh probably when we talked about um uh doctor strange because he was tangentially involved in that um the, the new doctor strange yeah he, of course, made the first doctor strange but um yeah, actually, there, I think that... we might have talked about it too when um, we talked about um, Hellraiser Inferno. Right, because he wrote and directed Hellraiser Inferno. Yeah. <laughs> um, you should check out. Oh, we haven't we haven't plugged our Patreon yet, but yeah, you should check out our Patreon where we talk about Scott Derrickson's first movie, Hellraiser Inferno. Um, yeah, well, that that just goes to show, and we talk about more about it in that episode. Yeah, once again, he. He writes a lot of, you know, his character work is very good, even in cheap, you know, cheap thrills movies like yeah. Hellraiser Inferno. And that yes. shows when he has something like uh, The Exorcism, Exorcism of Emily Rose, which is basically a courtroom drama. But he waves that into an exorcism horror movie. Yeah. It's, uh... I don't remember. You know, is, in, in, is that in, actually in the, based the, on something? Well, it's it's based on a real case. Um, right, I don't, yeah. I think maybe not... his best writing is is when he gets to base it on something, someone else's, like, uh, starting idea, or at least he has something to base it off of. Because yeah, Hemorrhage Inferno isn't very, very well written. And no. the story isn't very good, at least. But the, ca- I mean, the characters are, I think. The characters are, the but the story yeah. is just, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, and, that, and that's 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 the case with most of his movies. If we're going to critique his his writing, the story in Sinister is eh, but the characters are good. Yes, but the story in <coughs> Exorcism of Emily Rose is really good. But it's and it's based on something, so he has a lot to go on. Exactly. To make it easier yeah. on himself. Same with then the Black Phone because he has this short story to go on. Yeah. It 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 helps him. Yeah, and then he had to. I think he, what he does is basically expand the characters. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, and that that's that's what he's that's what he's good at. Um, and that's that's why his movies are good because he he doesn't just want to scare you; he wants to make a good movie as well. Yeah, and part of that is scaring you, but part of it is also convincing you that these are real characters, you know, yeah. inhabiting a real world. Yeah, and like you said, having the ability to, even though it's a horrible thing that's happening, it's a horrible story. You you are able to like weave in sort of levity and and comedic relief without making it tacky or or stand like stand out too much. Yeah, because we have then her, we have Gwen's whole Jesus thing, but we also have <laughs> yeah. the character of Max. 
which we find out later is the Grabber's brother. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the one aspect of the movie that really felt like, ah, right, this is based on a book in this yeah. short story. Because <laughs> books have that, they have the tendency of adding characters and a lot of, you know, exposition stuff. Which, Even you know, though you we ha- didn't get too much exposition, he just points at no, a map no. going, it's somewhere around here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. But it's it's a typical thing that you add in a book, you know, to have like the wacky side character. Yes. Um, which does but not always him. work. Yeah, it was funny. And it's beca- also because <clears throat> I'm a fan of, of the actor James Ransom. Ransom. Or Ransom. I'm not sure how, to, how you uh, um, yeah, no. pronounce it. But yeah, yeah. I love him, and he's so, he's so good. And he's basically in three scenes, if even maybe even just two scenes. But he's awesome as the grabber's like coked up brother. I love and it's also the so- aspect of of him like he's completely unaware of what's happening. Yeah, he's living in the house, but he is researching <laughs> it. Yeah, which is yeah. I would love to read the short story to see if if he has more to do in in that. Just to see, like, why would the grabber allow his brother to just move in to sleep on his couch while he's murdering children? Um, and in then, the ba- you know, same his... basement. Yeah, and, and you know, wh- why doesn't he try to, like, stop his brother from researching it? Because he literally finds out about it. He, he figures it out in a, in a coke binge. And then the grabber has to kill his brother, you know. I would like to see <sighs> if, if there is... Um, if, if, there's if there's a reason for that, yeah. If there's more to it in the in the short story, um, because he is just like, I just it, love the fact that that he was. I mean, he was more or less right. He, yeah, literally had the cops in the house. They they were right there. Yeah, but because of that scene, we go, huh? Maybe it's not that house. Maybe it yeah, has sure. nothing to do with that. Maybe that's just a weird thing. But then you get the connection that, oh my god, he was right there. They were right there. They were so close, and then they walked away. Yeah. I it, liked it, that, like, oh my god moment. And then, of course, it's kind of funny to have him go downstairs and, oh, what no the fuck way. has my brother yeah. done? <laughs> and once again... Once again, when uh, an outside, an outside, ass, you know, and uh, something from the outside comes into that basement, Finny breaks down. Like yeah. he's so he's so strong, he's preparing to kill the grabber. But then, as soon as that, what's he called, Max? Max. Uh, he's like, oh, oh, please help me, help me, help me. Call my parents, call the cops, something, you know. Yeah. Because you know, because because he's all not all sudden, on his own anymore. He does exactly. He's not- yeah. So he goes back he's not to trapped you know, with his own thoughts. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, it's once again, good writing. You know. Yeah. Consistent writing. It's just that I don't really see the point of the character in the movie. I just thought it was funny, and it, oh, it yeah, didn't feel is... like he was sticking out too much. It made sense to have you know the loony kind of out of work person emerging themselves too much in the local mystery, I suppose. Yeah, but the fact that he actually lives in the house oh and then God, he figures a... it out just to be killed is what I don't understand. No, yeah, that's it was, true. It's fun the first time. It's like, oh, yeah, come in. Oh, I've been working at this for months. Like, yeah. I think he lives in this. Like, yeah, that should have been that scene. They're just dismissing him. <laughs> but then he comes back and he actually lives in the house where it happens. He's like, what? Why? So I that's why I would like to read the, the short story to see if there's a point to it in the book or the short yes. story. <laughs> there is there's one point in the movie that I don't like at all because I feel like 
it should have been done differently, but if they had done it the way I wanted it to be done, it would have ruined the rest of the movie. It's oh. the point where Finney actually makes it out. Oh. Because when he gets out, he just runs quietly, basically until the grabber is too close, and then he starts screaming. If he had started screaming before that, and just kept screaming, people would have come out and he would have been saved. But then again, we would have lost like 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah, it's... it's so, uh, I would have preferred if he didn't get that far away from the house. Because it, it, th- it, just, it just seems weird. Like, why wouldn't you start screaming earlier so that people would actually come and help you? Um, Because he, he also doesn't want to wake up the grabber. If he starts screaming right as he exits the house, the grabber's going to wake up. Yeah, he's but he waits to- until he's like three houses down. Yeah. Because the grabber drives the car. He's not just running after him. So he's obviously gone far enough for him to feel like, I need to take the car to get him back. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to. Well, that's because he doesn't know how far the kid got. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those scenes that's it's just there for tension. Yes. Like, oh my god, is he actually going to get away? And like, in a lesser movie... <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Um... <clears throat> He in might the lesser movie, what? He might have gotten away. No, in no, lesser in a, movie. no. In a lesser movie, he would have been grabbed like right by the door. Like, where do you think you're going? Uh, okay, but here, like he that. actually leaves the house. So we're given like this false sense of uh, uh, security, sort of like, oh shit, he got away. And then, ah, no, no, he didn't. Yeah, it's a little weird, but I, I didn't mind it. I, I, I didn't mind that scene, and it also shows because before that. Of course, the grabber is a bad person. He kidnap, kidnaps children, but we haven't really seen him be that you know aggressive or you know other than kidnapping children. Yeah, he hasn't children. hurt Finny at all. Yeah, and he talks a lot about I'm not going to hurt you. It's you know you're fine. You're going to be fine. But in that scene, no, that's when his um you know the mask so to speak um is is lifted because yeah. he puts a knife to his throat and he says. Make a, make a noise, and I'll I'll gut you and strangle you with your own entrails. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh no, okay, this is real. He's not just yeah some goofy guy who like grabs children for fun. No, he's an insane murderer. Yeah. We do also get a little bit of that when uh, Finny talks on the phone <clears throat> with I don't remember which one of the kids, um, but he's like, no, it's a game. Don't walk out the door, even though he leaves it open. Yeah, he exactly. wants you there so he can play the game. He won't yes. touch you until you cross that line and yeah, so he only hurts. the next stage of what do, what do you call it? Naughty boy or something? Exactly. He only hurts the naughty boys. Yeah. 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 So it's, that's part of it, you know. Which is why he also kind of likes Finny, the grabber, I mean. He says that because you're, you're different. Yeah. He's not playing the game. He He's trying to, like, coax him into playing the game, I suppose, eventually, by yeah. being friendly. Exactly. Which is weird, see, see? because then you get those scenes where Ethan Hawke is sitting in the chair waiting for him upstairs. Yeah, and falling he looks asleep. So, but before he falls asleep, he looks so menacing and, and scary. I just... Yeah. Ugh. Once again, that, that visual, because uh, yeah. he sits there with the belt, you know, harkening wide, back to the father apart, with the belt, you know. The yeah. cardigan open, no shirt under, it just looks so fucking scary. Yeah, he looks like an abusive parent. Yeah. <laughs> Um, just waiting for their kid to fuck yeah. up. Once again, showing the you know 
the the connection between yeah the grabber's supposed childhood and how how Finny is is how Finny's childhood is like yeah. there, there are similarities there <laughs> that that meme you know we're not so different you and I it's you know it's <laughs> yeah. that but instead of, instead of saying it because it's hacky and cheesy it's inferred you know? yeah that in a in a in an unperfect world or in a, in a worse world Finny might grow up to be you know. A, a, this disturbed person who kidnaps children, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, layers. <laughs> complexity. Depth makes for more quality entertainment. Yes. Even in a simple story like this. It- we even have... There's one, there's one like, depth to the character of Finny that I was a bit confused to, confused of in the beginning. Oh. Because you have this relationship between him and Robin. Yeah. Robin is another <clears throat> boy in his school. He's, he's the badass. Yeah, he's a bit of a badass. They're, he but he likes karate they, movies and beats beats the other kids up. The bullies up. He only beats, yeah, he beats the bullies. The bu- exactly. The bullies come up to him like, you think you're tough? And then, uh, no, I don't think so. I am. And he beats yeah. the, the bully. Yeah. <laughs> beats him to a pulp. Literally. Once again, very, very sad. Very graphic. Ch- children were a lot more violent uh, uh, in the seventies. In that um, sense, physically, yes. Yeah, in that sense, yeah, exactly. It's, that was a very graphic fighting scene. I almost had to, like close my eyes for a moment. Yeah, because it's 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 something you know when he, you he keeps it's beating thing... him after he is like unconscious and the blood yeah. is just. You know. And it's one thing seeing adults do that. You can kind of dismiss it because, you know, it's a movie. But when you see kids do it, it's like, oh, shit, this looks, <laughs> yeah. this is weird. And, and then he's just, he's just taping up his knuckles afterward. Yeah. Like, oh, but his teeth were sharp. their relationship. Yeah. At one point, I was like, is this going to be a, a unnecessary gay plot? That they're going to mm. point that Finny is in love with Robin somehow? But then we have the girl, Donna. Yeah. The kid in no. class that he's obviously actually falling for. Yeah. And that was no. just a weird detail. It's like, I don't know. Is this, are they going to, for unnecessary reasons, put in a gay plot? Because well, there wouldn't have been a point to it. That is your modern movie critic brain working. Yes, probably. Because yeah, that, that's, that's, we've, we've talked about that briefly before. Like, a- anytime two male characters in a movie or in a TV show shows any sort of affection towards each other, everyone just immediately starts talking about homoerotic undertones. Like, no, you know what? Two men I don't say or two that. boys can just be friends. You know that, right? <laughs> I don't say that every time, though. I do. I know, I know, I know. But, but this, you know. I don't know, it was something in how Finny acted towards him. It was like, oh my god, is he nervous because he has a crush? <laughs> well, I, I, honestly, like, I think he's a bit nervous because, you know, obviously... Um, he's he he's he's very happy that Robin is his friend because that means yes. he doesn't have he's... to worry too much about bullies. Like that's obviously when he smiles towards the bullies, like yeah, yeah, I got Robin <laughs> on my side. Like which is you know that's bullshit. That's that's uh, uh that's 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 uh, uh what you call it? Like he's being cocky even though oh he yeah shouldn't be because he's not he's a... the one. He's like a. A, a troll, you know, he's safe behind the keyboard. But exactly, he... exactly. Which is, well, once again, <laughs> uh, layers. He's not yes. all good. He's a little bit of a coward, which you know, it's not a good thing to be. You know, no. Um, I mean, 
I know what you mean. Extent, yeah. Um, um, but then also <laughs> because they're in that bathroom as he is taping up his his bloody knuckles, he might be a little intimidated because what yeah, happens if Robin it. gets angry with him one day? Yeah, that's you know, true. It's a, I think it's a little. I might be reading too much into it, but there's a little bit of that as well. Like, yeah, it's good to have this. Like, violent maniac on my side, but <laughs> what happens if he gets angry with me? Yeah, what if I do something wrong? I bet I mean, yeah. they also have the whole Finney's helping Robin with his homework because he's, yeah. he's failing classes, and Finney's obviously, that's... he's a smart kid. He knows what he's doing. Exactly. So I guess and they that's... have a, a symbiotic relationship in that sense. Exactly. I don't know, I just, I, I just had a moment like, please don't throw in an unnecessary uh, gay plot, because... Homosexual homosexuality is perfectly fine. I don't care, but it just felt like you don't need to add that here. We didn't even need to add the Donna character. We didn't need to have him have a girl he's falling for, except for Once to again, show that he got confident in the confidence end. Confidence in the end. He changed. Yeah. He was enough to sure. I'll talk to you. I'll go up to you. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't shy away from fight. He didn't shy away from defending himself. Um, he didn't just stay passive. He yeah. had an active role in escaping himself. And, yeah, he he found the courage to talk to the girl he likes. Yeah. Because in the beginning, when they're teaming up for, for science class, he's like, Ugh. He can't, she he can't sits speak down, to her. <laughs> yeah, she sits down next to him. And in the end, she, he sits down next to her. Yeah. it's Once, once again, it's about... It's it's a movie about, uh, 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 you know, a child growing up, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's Finding your driven. strengths. Yeah. It's also, once again, because it's a 70s movie, it's a very 70s trope that, of course, there's a girl he likes, but he's too shy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nostalgia. It's fine. It worked. Oh, I was yeah, just, I... in the beginning, when it was just that scene in the bathroom, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Don't <laughs> do that unnecessary just because you want to be modern or something. No. But no. they didn't. No. So it's fine. They didn't. <laughs> So, um, uh, I yeah, that's... I think we're rounding it up here. Yeah, uh, uh, just like simple adding the the cinematography was great actually. Yeah, like yeah, it I was, liked. It was... I did kind of not like the the dream sequences being all in in like fuzzy video millimeter style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of weird, but it it did it it's fine because at the same time it's explaining that it is fa- actually a dream it's not a flashback exactly. it's not like it's a, it's to set them apart yeah yes and it's fine and the music was great yes sometimes it was just like noise and i like noise yeah. so it was awesome like i think the first time yeah when he escapes it's like yeah because you know it's supposed to give you like ah all worked yeah, up yeah you got to get out of here yeah it was yeah like and you mentioned the cinematography. Take... Yeah, of course it's um, it's pretty like it's it's simple and effective. But then you have little flourishes, like the fact when you have the um, when um, I think it's yeah, it's when um, they they realize Finney has been kidnapped, and you have that uh, flyover scene where you see all the cop cars in the street. Yeah, this is just one. I I'm guessing it's a drone shot because nowadays you can do that with a drone. 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 A drone. Yeah, a they drone. do that. They do that a couple of times when when you involve the entire community in trying to find the children. Yeah, yeah. They zoom out, giving you the big perspective because it is a community thing. Everyone is involved. 
Yeah. And then when you have all the characters and it's individual, it's a close-up. Because it's, it's, it's a visual. It's a great visual. Yeah. Yeah, once again, like, every aspect of this movie is so, like, well put together. Yeah. It's, uh... It's, um... <laughs> um... It's like Mike Stoklasa said when they reviewed Don't Breathe. It's like classy trash. <laughs> yeah, Because it's, sort you know, of. like we said... Huh? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, because like we said, in the hands of a lesser filmmaking crew, this could have just been a, a garbage jump scare movie. Yeah. And the same thing, like, and that's what they talk about when they talk about Don't Breathe. Like, it's basically a sleazy 70s exploitation horror movie... But it's made by a guy who, you know, appreciates that kind of cinema, so he made a good movie out of it. Do you remember Don't Breathe? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just... You know, where they break into the blind... Yeah, yeah. House. I yeah. Re- vividly remember the ending. <sighs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When we find out who oh, the blind guy really oh, is. Yeah, yeah. Still not yeah, too you... excited for the sequel. No, I, yeah, I, 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 it, it came and went. I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, that. I didn't no. watch it. Yeah. Um, but this this is similar. Like this is this is a a kind of trashy um uh premise, you know? Premise, just, yeah. Yeah, a, just a creepy a creepy guy in a mask kidnapping children. Yeah, this could have been straight up trash, but it was handled with care, so we got a good movie out of it. Classy yes. trash. Yeah, if that makes any sense. It does. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Yeah. I, I and I, I wish every horror movie was was uh, handled with such care and precision because then yeah. I I think every horror movie could be good you know it wouldn't have to be trash it could actually be good because this I, and don't breathe proves that you can take something that from the outset feels like it could be bad and turn it into something good yeah we've said it before and I'm gonna say it again about horror movies we had before. I guess the halfway point of 2020, <laughs> yeah. we had a lot of trash when it comes to horror, just popcorn scares, just being really teenagers kind of thing. We're kind of, we're finally moving towards having more proper horror made again. And I'm yeah. really happy about that. This I just hammers us in even more. We're getting more yeah. proper horror movies. Yeah. I think we've had that for a while, but, but yeah. Yeah. You know, we had a we had a part in time where it's just trash, just pure trash. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, I think that's it. That's it. That's it for this episode. Um. So if you're still listening to this, sorry for all the spoilers, but I guess you've <laughs> already seen the movie then. So uh, thank you so much for listening, and uh, be sure to check us out on Patreon.com/slash Don't Make a Scene, where you will get extra episodes. Uh, you get to ch- you get to tell us what movies we talk about, which you know we need more of that. We yes. need more people telling us what movies we talk about because then we can talk more about classics or maybe talk about something completely different. You know, and you know uh, something that we might never have ever experienced if we didn't get told by you guys to watch it. Exactly. Or if you want to hear us, you know, trash something, just pick something bad <laughs> and we'll trash it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, also you get commentary tracks, um, and the occasional video, even though I don't make a lot of videos anymore. Um, but you know, they're there. There are exclusive videos, so check it out. It's all just for three bucks a month. But other than that, thank you so much for listening to us, and be sure to 
follow us on whatever platform you're listening to this or if you're on youtube like and subscribe and we will see you in well this is actually the last episode of the season i think yes we'll be back i believe in august yeah Early we're taking august. we're taking a break uh now well it's, it's the end of june so yeah during july, july basically. Basically. we'll be back in the beginning of August to talk, talk about Nope, right? Yes, that is the first movie we have planned. So this is a perfect time to check out our back catalog, where we have a lot of episodes for you to listen to. Yes. So yeah, until August, have a good one. Bye. Bye. The spoiler cast is part of Please Don't Make a Scene. It is hosted by Tobias Vedin and Rebecca Vedin. Produced and directed by Tobias Vedin. Executive producer is Annika Vedin and Laura Kinney. A huge shout out to all our patrons over on patreon.com slash don't make a scene. Laura Kinney, mom and dad.